Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hello and welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. That's us. That's us. You get a little bit of fun and a lot of crime. Yeah. This week, Gretchy is one that like everybody knows about, which we usually don't do, the Jody Arias. But I thought it would be fun because she's wacko. Well, it's been a minute. We've forgotten. Yes, it has been. And, you know, I don't. You know, I haven't had somebody summarize the whole thing. I just remember like the trial being on the news all the time. Yeah. So that's coming up. But I have a surprise for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Actually, I am going to send Gretchen a text right now from a website. And you should be getting it at this moment. Did it come through? No, it hasn't come through yet. My internet is... Okay. Oh, I hear it. It dung. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding dong. Disco. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did you do that? What did I do? Tell them what I well, did. Well, I am looking at something official. Is this the Urban Dictionary? It's on Urban Dictionary. And yes. It says UrbanDictionary.com. Disco Biscuit. Housewives of True Crime Podcast has coined a new term for hot, beautiful, attractive women. This is a woman who catches your eye when she walks by, is attractive to your senses, beneficial qualities. Mary walked by in her fancy four inch stilettos and short skirt. She was a real disco biscuit. With her flowing blonde hair and long legs. All right. That's the second. That's, those are two examples. Those are two examples. Okay. <laughs> she was a real disco biscuit with her flowing blonde hair and long legs. Okay. Okay. So um, we are officially in the Urban Dictionary with a new term for disco biscuit. And it does not mean an ecstasy tab. Okay. No. How I like it. How appropriate. I know it's number 21 on the disco biscuit chain. There's 21 other people that other meanings for disco biscuit. No, they all pretty much mean ecstasy or acid tab or something that you take before you go to the disco. (gasps) Yeah. So there you go. That's your birthday present. Thank you so much. I love it. You're you're so welcome since your birthday is tomorrow. Oh, Yeah, I guess it is when this airs. Yeah. Yeah. So happy birthday. Thank you so much. I have something else for you also. Mm -hmm. You're going to really like it. But, you know, the mail is a little bit like snail mail these days. Doesn't come as it should. So you're going to get it a little bit late. Okay. I'm not not sweating it. It's your birthday tomorrow. You're going to have Taco Tuesday Mm -hmm. or yeah, Taco Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I will have a little Taco Tuesday for you. 
and Gracias. a little clink clink. What are you drinking today, Gretchy? I'm drinking a little white wine. White wine. You know what? I'm drinking a little champagne. I finally opened that bottle, Gretchen, that was in the freezer that exploded. Yeah. So I'm having a little vouve. My favorite. It's so, it is the best champagne. I know. know I like it better. Honestly, I like it better than Dom. I'm like, I'm a vouve whore. I love that. And, you know, I also like the Chandon, which is like a cheaper Mm -hmm. champagne. The Chandon Rosé champagne. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And you know what I also got from Whole Foods the other day? What? I got these little cans of rosé champagne. Oh, that's so fun to just kind of like take out to the pool and drink it up. Oh, God, I want to go to a pool. You could come over. Eventually. I know. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Anything else crazy happen with your kids or anything not so that they've been doing? Well, our butterflies, we got butterflies. You know, yeah, we all know the crystal meth is they all. Yeah. Did they hatch? came out? They had they hatched. I'll post a picture. It really has made me kind of laugh because it looks like a freaking crime scene, dude. <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. Did they did you let them go, though? Were they like, no, because they or... haven't all hatched yet. But I'm going to, they, there's a lot of blood. What? Yeah. See, I'm showing Tab a picture. Yeah, that's weird. Anyone that has done the butterfly. Apparently they have this long tongue. That Mm -hmm. is what they, the tool that they have to get out of the crystallithesis. And it like splits and it bleeds and it's pretty gross. Yeah, that is really gross actually. (laughs) Thanks for that. You know, we have those ants, the ant farm. Oh, how's that going? Well, the ants have all pretty much murdered each other. And so there's really a lot of dead ants. And it's not just like the whole ant. They actually like piece them apart or something. So there's like lots of ant legs in one area and lots of ant heads in other areas. It's almost like those savage murder bees. These are like the murder ants. I don't know. I'm ready to throw them away. You know, those ants hurt like a bitch. Yeah, I know. Because I ordered them for my kids and I didn't read the instructions when they came and I just tried to empty the tube without putting the like piece of piping. Yes, I did the same into thing. the thing. And then they got out and then they got on me it, and they bit me. One of them bit my finger so bad. It hurt yeah. for a week. Yeah, it's a it's it's no joke. Then my ants, it went awry because they say you can just feed them like certain foods. And my kids fed them pancakes and the pancakes got moldy. Oh, that's so, so not gross. don't feed them pancakes. This is that this doesn't work. gel substance. It's not sand and you don't feed them. It's oh. supposedly just all in there and together. And maybe that's why they're dying. I don't know. But you're supposed to open the little thing for air. Oh, that's probably way better. I mean, it's, yeah. it's okay. I mean, I'm they're kind of over it and I'm over it. There's only like five left. So, you know, we'll just, I guess, have them for another week or so. I'm just kind of counting down. The whole butterfly thing is really awesome until the day we let them go. And then every time we let them go, the kids cry. 
Oh, well, they'll get over that. It's just a butterfly. Yeah, I'm like, you cannot, you can't cannot ca- you can't cage it forever. No. no, no, no. Let them free. Let them yeah. free. Well, do you want to hear about somebody that's not free? Please. Okay, so I am going to tell you a story today about somebody that I don't think will ever be free. Okay. All right, Gretchy. All right. Like I told you, lots of people know this story. And some of you may have even watched the trial and you're going to know the story even deeper than I'm going to tell it because, you know, we have like an hour and you could find so much detail about this story. You could spend, I mean, I spent hours, but you know, I mean, you can get real far down the rabbit hole if you want to. Okay. And maybe you did. Maybe back in 2013. Oh, I was so busy in 2013. Yeah. You and I, Gretchen. Yeah. That was when the trial was in 2013. We were on our third babies. We were both accident babies. Yeah. Is that what they call them? I think they call them surprise babies. Surprise babies. Okay. We both got surprised with babies Mm -hmm. in 2013. Yes. And you know, what's also crazy, Gretchen, is when this happened, it was in 2008 and we were both getting married. Oh, wedding bliss. What a year that was. So isn't that crazy? So the incident happened in June of 2008 and the trial wasn't until 2013. I didn't realize that. Yes. Looking, learning something new five years later for her to get like to go to trial. I know it's crazy. And Mm -hmm. also the other crazy part is like, we weren't even married when it happened. And then we had three babies. Oh my God. That's so true. Sentence. Right. Like so nuts. Yeah. So the story of Jody Arias, you know, that batshit crazy, ex-slaughtering, boyfriend crazy bitch. Yeah. That's like, think what people like know about her. Yeah. That's pretty much the extent that I knew about it. Yeah. Until today. I'm gonna tell oh, okay. More. Yeah. That's all I know is that she went a little like stalkerazzi. Yeah. On this dude that just wanted to like bang her. That's all I knew too. And you know, it's a little deeper than that. Okay, cool. Look forward to learning about it. And you know, what's also crazy is she is the exact same age as me. Also, she's coming up on her 40th birthday as well. But at the time she was 27 years old. Crazy. She doesn't have any kids, does she? No, no kids. Okay. So like all killers, I think something snaps inside that probably was reeling for a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it takes people like 20 plus years to be with that person before they snap. And sometimes I think it's just that person that broke the camel's back. Right. Like when you don't put your smoothie cup in the sink, even though I ask you every time, because <laughs> it gets so crusty if you don't. <laughs> I feel like in 20 years, I could start plotting. If that shit is still happening. 
I know. My husband always takes his socks off and then just leaves them everywhere. Oh, my God. And For fuck's sake. I've come to terms with it. I know. You're a better wife. It doesn't bother me. It actually doesn't bother me anymore. It used to really bother the fuck out of me, but doesn't. I just deal with it now. And yeah. you know what? It's better that way because I'm not like going around like I used to take pictures of them and then send them to him at work. <laughs> like, oh, you left these here again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did but, that once when my husband clipped his toenails and left oh, the toenail clippings. Yeah, no, thank you. I Yeah. And I was like, I sent it to him and he was like bitching to his friend. Hey, look at this. What? You know, and he was like, dude, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Rose. Gretchen's right. <laughs> He's uh, he hasn't he has not done it since. Oh, good. Yeah. So Jody grew up kind of like you, Gretchen. Her parents owned restaurants mm-hmm. and she was often home with her siblings alone. Mm-hmm. You know, restaurant owners work real long hours. Yep. You would know. So your parents mm-hmm. did also. Um, Jody was the oldest in her family, unlike you, though, Gretchen. Gretchen was the baby. Mm-hmm. And her parents were pretty strict with her. She actually came to resent them for their strict rules and harsh curfews and rebelled a little bit by quitting high school and moving in with her boyfriend and not pursuing a higher education. Oh, but that's very rebellious. You think so? Mm. I mean, it seems a little typical to me. Like, it's not like out of control. Yeah. But more rebellious than you or me. Let's say that. We both moved in with boyfriends pretty young. We did right after high school. But yeah, we still graduated and we still pursued a higher education. But well, it took me a minute, but I did get there. (laughs) 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 I went straight to college. So, yeah. From the looks of things, I think that Jody had a pretty nice upbringing. She had a mom and a dad that were still married, brothers and sisters, and her parents had even sent her on a foreign exchange student trip to Costa Rica her junior year. Oh, that's an awesome place to foreign exchange. I know. I mean, I think that's pretty nice. Yeah. I will tell you that Jody has a different recollection of her childhood. But I will get into more of Jody's recollections later because I'm pretty sure we all know that she has a lot of different ones. Okay. After Jody left home, she seemed to be like a lot of other girls we know, clingy, looking for love, and wanting her lovers more than they all wanted her. You know the type, Gretch. Yeah, I know the type. The ones that you just want to yell at and say these guys are just using you. Yeah. Yeah. So Jody seemed to find herself in plenty of those relationships. She was also a drama seeker, which probably comes with that kind of territory. She had a couple serious boyfriends that she kind of followed all over California until she met one in particular that was older, previously married. His name was Daryl. Daryl and Jody actually dated for four years. They met up in Northern California, then moved to Palm Desert to invest in some real estate in 2005. You know, that was the time where everybody was buying these houses on these short-term mortgages and then hoping to flip them in two years. So Daryl and Jody did that. They seem to be in a pretty typical relationship 
other than one interesting fact that seems a little odd. Daryl's ex-wife was blonde and Jody's hair was darker, like a kind of a darker brown auburny color. Mm-hmm. And she then decides to dye her hair blonde like Daryl's ex-wife, which I'm like, well, she lives in Southern California now. Lots of blondes. No, that shit's crazy. You think it's crazy? Yes. Okay. I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy right off the bat because, and also, do you remember when Gwen Stefani's husband had an affair with the nanny who took on, Gwen Stefani has a very unique look. Yes. And she took on her look and dyed her hair, started with the red lipstick yep. and the, you know. Listen, I know that's nuts. Okay. Well, it probably is nuts. Okay. I actually met the nanny and thought to myself that she was trying to be Gwen Stefani. I don't understand how a guy would be attracted to that. Like, why are you cheating on your wife with someone who is trying to be like your wife? You know, it's really weird. It's really weird. So Jody also got herself a nice set of boobs. That's another thing that Daryl's ex-wife had. Okay. Like a good boob job. And there's also a note that she had bought herself the same car that Daryl's ex-wife drove also. I don't, oh, know, yeah. I don't know what kind of car it was. And maybe if it's like a Honda Civic and everybody has one, I can kind of see, but I didn't get that far into the details of what kind of car it was. So I don't know. I mean, it's a little strange. Right? Yeah. So while with Daryl, she was waiting tables and then she got herself this really awesome offer to work for prepaid legal, also known as PPL. Okay. Not PTL, like praise Praise the Lord, Lord. but similar. The company was a pyramid scheme. You know, those where you get money, you give money to make more money, and supposedly you're going to be a millionaire one day. Right. But not really. (laughs) Oh, damn it. I know. So these pyramid schemes, they often sound too good to be true. And this one, I would say, is really just that for Jody. In September of 2006, she gets real excited about being in PT, PPL, not PTL. And she books herself a trip to the PPL convention in Las Vegas. Ooh, Las Vegas convention. I mean, who wouldn't want to go? That would be my kind of convention for shizzle, yeah. manizzle. So she heads over to Las Vegas And while there, she meets a motivational marketing speaker for PPL named Travis Alexander. And Jody is smitten right away. You know, those motivational speakers, I think they just look hot by standing up there and being like super confident. Do they? They always give me the creeps. We actually know one and he definitely gives me the creeps. And I always am like, who's buying the books you're selling? Listen, that's because you know him. I think that if you are that kind of person and you see a motivational speaker and you're like, oh, my God, unless you're freaking Tony Robbins, I ain't I ain't. (laughs) Okay. Okay. If anybody hears the lawnmower behind me, I really apologize. But, you know, (laughs) 
People be doing lawn work every day. It turns out every day. I'm going to keep it. I'm keeping a calendar now. I mean, every damn, the guy comes for one hour on one day a week. How is it? My neighbor across the street is retired. Home every day. Moses long on a Saturday. (laughs) Ay, gee, wawas. Okay. So Jody meets this Travis motivational speaker and she is like hot to trot for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Travis is taken by Jody's good looks. I mean, she's got blonde hair, nice boobs. I would say she's a real disco biscuit in Travis's eyes. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Travis to Jody was this businessman, well off, still young and had a real promising future. I don't know if I said before, but Dylan or Daryl, not Dylan, Daryl, her boyfriend at the time was like 20 years older than her. Oh, no, that's interesting. Yeah. So they broke up. We don't know exactly why they broke no, up. No, no, they're not broken up at this point. Oh, okay. she still lives back in Arizona or back in uh, Palm Desert with Daryl and Daryl's, you know, 20 years older previously married and also has a kid comes with a little baggage oh, okay travis on the other hand young hot successful guy okay but travis lives in arizona mesa mm-hmm. arizona to be exact and jody lives in palm desert so it's about four hour commute yeah to see each other which i wouldn't say is like it's not too far but if you don't have kids it's fine yeah right so from here on out, Jody and Travis start talking and seeing each other. And Jody learns right away of Travis's faith. Travis is Mormon. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And he's actually a devout Mormon. He's an elder in his church. And at 27? No, I think he at the time he's... I think he was like almost 30. Okay. So at this point, Jody is, like I said, still with Daryl and she starts kind of backing away from the relationship she's having with Daryl. So she's cheating on Daryl with Travis. She is cheating with Daryl on Daryl with Travis. And at the same time, she starts to become a Mormon in Palm Desert. Oh, I was just going to say. So does Travis know about Daryl? No. Oh, Jody, Jody, what a tangled web we weave. And Jody decides that because she's a Mormon, she's not going to have sex with Daryl anymore. So... That relationship just kind of plummeted and Daryl's son actually moved from with his mom back to Northern California. And so Daryl's like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. The housing market tanked and he's like, I'm out. Right. So he moves himself back to Northern California and leaves Jody and Palm Desert. Have fun being Mormon. I'd like to get laid. Right. Okay. Got it? Okay. Okay. Got it. So 
Jody's new spirituality was awesome for Travis, right? Travis is seeing Jody here and there because she's still living in Palm Desert. She wants to be baptized. And so Travis actually baptizes her Mormon. And this outside facade is really magical, right? He's like this devout Mormon. He wants to save himself for marriage. Now Jody's going to be Mormon and to his friends and to everybody, everything looks like hunky dory. Okay. Yeah. They're a big community. Yes. Yeah. When you're in, you're in. That's right. Yeah. Now behind closed doors, I would say they were not the Mormons that they should have been. What were they doing? Drinking Mountain Dew? breaking all the rules well I guess it just depends because Jody and Travis were having a sexual relationship oh but Travis wanted to remain a virgin so instead of um, vaginal sex they decided that anal and oral sex were that would keep Travis a virgin yeah, I guess both. I mean, well, she had already had sex, but I am dumbfounded. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. that would keep Travis a virgin. <laughs> okay, so Gretchen, I have had a friend that also believed this. Did you? Know oh my that? god, I know this friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just not the friend to her. Yeah. Well, she's not the smartest person we've ever met yes but she would have anal sex because she didn't want to lose her virginity and it's like jesus christ woman like first of all that's not pleasurable okay second of all i think for some people it is oh i'm sure it is but listen i remember having this conversation with someone at the outback steakhouse where i was like somehow this topic came up Mm-hmm. And I said, I just, I can't imagine that this is like better. Some people, girls like it better than, you know, the other way. Yeah. And this particular person whose name rhymes with Machel. Okay. <laughs> she said, uh, you're looking at one. I like it in the booty. Oh my God. Better. No way. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess some people do. So, you know, to each his own. I mean, we're not here. We're not here to judge. No, that doesn't that does not um, fit into my box of saving your virginity. Mine either. But, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so Travis felt that this type of relationship was not breaking the covenant. I would wonder if he consulted for clarity with the bishop, though, like so it's okay if it goes in the butt or the mouth that's good (laughs) i'm pretty sure he didn't okay okay we have a lot of mormon listeners they can let us know how they roll yeah okay so jody and travis had a real wild unconventional sex oh i'll bet they did because clearly she's crazy and we all know crazy girls are the best in bed and, and I think she was like, she did whatever he wanted to do. 
And yeah, I don't want to give Travis a bad face in any way, but in all honesty, I think Travis was like using Jody just for sex, whatever kind of well, sex that was. Yeah. How many girls out there can you find that are going to sign up for this agreement? Yeah, not me. Not me. No, thanks. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the more that Jody did explore with him, these like kinky things, the more that he looked at Jody as somebody that he would never marry. I was thinking that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Travis desperately wanted to be married and he wanted to be married to a real nice Mormon girl. Yeah. She put herself in the booty lane. Yeah. Booty call. Booty Mm -hmm. call. Literally. Mm hmm. Travis yearned actually for a family, which is probably due to his upbringing. Unlike Jody, Travis grew up in a very disturbed home. His parents were both meth addicts and his mom eventually left him and his siblings with his grandparents. Now, having Travis's grandparents raise him was actually the best thing that could happen to him. They raised him in the Church of Latter-day Saints, which is also known as Mormon. And from there, he really thrived. I think he started living with them when he was 11. So he's hovering around 30 years old. He's a motivational speaker. He's writing a book about his life and about his past. He's a super positive person. He's seeking lots of achievement in his life. So I think family was like real important to him and the Mormon faith really pushes that family and unity, community, all that stuff. Yeah. Marrying, they all kind of marry and I won't say all, but a lot of them marry very young Mm -hmm. and start families. So I think he dreamt of having the family that he never had as a young child, right? Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blueland. Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just Drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. 
Where are all my lady listeners at? Because I am talking to you. Is your time of month an easy breezy situation? Or are you like me and for about a week before your period starts, all you want to do is stay in bed and also eat anything and everything? Or maybe you're experiencing the joys of menopause or that sneaky bee perimenopause. Well then ladies, you've got to try Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is made by the Happy Mammoth Company, which I've been a big fan of for a while now. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called aptogens. Now, here's the beauty about aptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like hot flashes, night sweats, racing thoughts, low moods, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed with someone. You know what I mean? Yes, Hormone Harmony can help with all those things. And the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code CLINK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use code CLINK for 15% off today. CLINK CLINK ladies. Right. So now Jody and him, they're having ups and downs. And he's like, you know, he, like he put her in that booty call lane and she she kind of knew it. So you know what she does? What? She moves herself to Mesa, Arizona. Oh, shoot. In the early part of 2007. So she leaves her house in Palm Desert to be foreclosed on. And from... February until June of 2007, Jody and Travis actually kind of get back together. They have sort of like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, but it's it's real rocky. They end up breaking up and she really now just becomes his side chick. And she knows it. So 2007 went on and Travis would exchange sexy text meetups with Jody for a good blowjob. And like all girls, we don't like being side chicks. No, we don't. And here is a little thing. Make yourself on. If you really want this guy, if you want to move out of the booty call lane, you got to make yourself less available, not more available. I know, but there's don't move. There's this thing inside of some people that are drawn to this. I don't know if, if Travis says he needs her, she's going to be right there. And that's how she was. She was clingy. She even like, was like, I'll clean your house for free for you. Like she's just that girl that just like, no, 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 desperate, desperate. That's what I'll say. No, 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 no. So Travis starts seeing other girls and Jody is like, pretty angry about it which I mean you can understand and you can understand but time to get to step in I know right and so Travis starts dating these real Mormon goody two-shoes mm-hmm. one of them they probably wore headbands I picture yeah church on Sunday real cute dresses oh 100% they all go to church on Sunday for sure mm-hmm. and let me tell you one little side note mm-hmm 
Travis likes Jody to dress up in kind of like a schoolgirl looking things like braids in her hair, little red riding hood type of attire. Okay. All right. So now Travis starts dating this girl, Lisa. Lisa is opposite of Jody. She actually would barely even kiss Travis. And when he got a boner, when they were kissing, she felt real guilty about it and could not understand that that's kind of like not in Travis's control. Listen, you got to stay steer clear of those girls, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I tell you, I know, I know this from ni- a lot of 90 Day Fiance. Oh, really? Yeah, because when these people haven't, they have a relationship, they have some kind of connection from, you know, the computer or whatever. But then when they get in person and they're afraid of intimacy, that doesn't just change. Yeah. That means they're like only the reason why they connected with you in the first place is because they're only comfortable through a screen. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to ask you to marry me. And then all of a sudden you're going to want to give me a hand job. They're like never going to want to touch you. Yeah. Ever. Well, so that's kind of how Lisa was. Jody actually started stalking both of them. And Travis would also still keep Jody on the side during the Lisa time. Of course, because he's not getting it from Lisa. That's right. So Jody actually slashes Travis's tires after one of the dates he went on with Lisa. <laughs> I'm sorry that that is funny, but I've never known someone that's actually slashed tires. I know you always hear about it, but I that's uh-huh. what I thought when I was doing this. I was like, oh my God, she actually did it. Fuck. And that's crazy. But I don't know if he's just like in denial that she did it or what, but she calls him the next day and he's like, oh, my tires got slashed. She's like, oh, let me help you. Let me pick you up. I'll help you go get them fixed. And so she picks him up. She takes him to the mechanic. They get the tires fixed and she follows him home and she notices that he gets off on the exit to go to Lisa's house. And so Guess what she does? She slashes his freaking tires again. Yeah. She also would just like show up unannounced all the time. I guess she would just come through the doggy door in his house and jump on his bed naked. And you know what? He would just have sex with her. Yeah. He probably knew she slashed his tires, but it probably got him kind of hot. Maybe it did. You know, I I think there was some sort of like, I don't even know what the word is, but it's like, it wasn't healthy. This relationship. No, it's not healthy, but he probably felt kind of power. He knows he has this power over her. Yeah. And by the way, she did say that they eventually did have vaginal intercourse, but it was few and far between. Okay. It was like not very often. Yeah. How come that doesn't surprise me? No, it doesn't surprise me either. So I'm pretty sure that Jody at this time is going crazy watching him date these nice Mormon girls while he's fucking her in the ass the next day. I mean, it wouldn't make any of us crazy. Okay. Crazy enough to kill somebody? I don't think so. But not that crazy. It would be torturous for sure. For sure. This is where I want to say, like, move on. Like, get the fuck out of town. Out, out is so bad for your ego and your self-esteem. And 
it seemed like in April of 2008, Jody had enough. And guess what? She moved. She moved mm. back to her hometown of Eureka, California. Know I'm familiar is? with Eureka. It's like all the way up by Oregon. Yeah, way up there. Yeah. So she moves back up there. And side note real quick, Travis and Jody both have blogs. And they blog on them frequently. You know, these stories, I don't know if it's like a Latter-day Saint thing or what, but they all have journals and writings. Do you notice that? No. I have I don't know anything that. about that. So Travis blogs a lot and you could still actually read both of their blogs today. Travis is really good, but he's a motivational speaker. So it makes sense that his blogs would be like, well, read and well-spoken, I guess. And Jody, Jody's blogs are what you would think Jody's would be. They're nice too, but Travis's are like real motivational. Like he talks about his upbringing and how to be a better person. Okay. Um, so Jody moves out in April and right after Travis posts a blog stating this year will be the best year of my life. This is the year that will eclipse all others. I will earn more, learn more, travel more, serve more, love more, give more, and be more than all the other years of my life combined. This may have gotten to Jody a little bit, right? I mean, she moves and now he's saying that this is going to be the best year of his life. I think it like could feel like a little dig to her. Yeah. The same month, which is April, he sends a couple text messages to Jody. One even asking her for a naughty picture. Travis. I know. The other one saying that she's the prettiest girl that he's ever seen. So, I mean, this is going to fuck with her head. Like, just like, let her go. Yeah, let her go. And no excuses, right? But. No excuses. But when you know you're playing with a crazy chick. You gotta gotta let let it go. go. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, for any single dudes listening right now, don't fucking do this, okay? Like, we can't handle shit like this. And clearly Jody couldn't really not handle shit like this, but it's not good. Okay. Yeah. Travis sends Jody a text on May 2nd, 2008. And this is what he says. There's not a day where I haven't dreamt about driving my shaft long and hard into you. He goes on to saying, you're the ultimate slut in bed. You'll rejoice in being a whore whose sole purpose in life is to please me any way I desire. Excuse me? hmm She should have been so turned off, like, uh, kick rocks, dude. I There's more to me than just that. I know, but I don't really think there was for him. Like, I think... No, that- there clearly isn't for him. He's making it very clear in that text. Yeah. But as a woman, I can see, like... That is where the attachment is like, no, 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 no. I know. So on May 10th, Jody and Travis have phone sex where Jody actually records the entire thing. And it's like kind of raunchy. Do they play it during the trial? 
They did. Oh, dude. I mean, if you want to listen this, if you have like a lot of days, the trial is very long. You want to listen to some of this. I mean, there is a lot of stuff in, in here. Like there's a lot of stuff that I am leaving out, but they went through all their text messages, all their recordings, all their kinky shit. Okay. Yeah. This one, they, I think this phone sex conversation, he wanted to tie her to a tree, like zip tie her to a tree. And she would be like dressed in red riding hood and he would like fuck her in the ass. Okay. Okay. I mean, lots of people have role play. So lots of people have role play. And just because he likes a good booty call and wants to date, you know, somebody else does not make him. I don't think that makes him a bad person. I don't like leading him on. Not that there are any excuses or leading her on, I should say, Mm -hmm. because I mean, part of it is just, you know, the foresight of like, you can't mess with these crazy chicks heads. I know. So then on May 18th, now this is just eight days later. The day before my birthday. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Is this the day that this comes out, Gretchen? <laughs> is this May 18th today? No, May yes, 17th. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. told me it's on a Tuesday. I thought it was on a Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, today in 2008, mm-hmm. Travis posts his last post on his blog in which he titled it, Why I Want to Marry a Gold Digger. I read it and basically he talks about always being the single guy and yearning for a wife, how his friends are married with families and he isn't. He says, in quotes, people fall in love for too many reasons to count. Usually it's a combination of reasons, but I want someone to fall in love with me because I am a man of ability and achievement, not because I have a lot of friends, not saying I do, but for the reason people want to befriend me, not because I have a tons of money, not saying I do, but because I have the ability to earn a ton of money, not because of my accomplishments, but because I am a man of accomplishment. In fact, I wouldn't want to marry anyone if they love me. And these were not at least some of their reasons why he goes on about all these qualities and reasons. And then he also says, He also says this type of dating to me is like a very long job interview and can be exponentially more mentally taxing, desperately trying to find out if my date has an ax murder penned up inside of her. He writes that. Wow. So I'm not sure if that's what triggered Jody, but my guess is it did. Travis, Whoa. yes. So Travis is scheduled to come visit Jody, or at least she thinks that he was going to come visit her on May 24th, which he didn't come to no surprise. He, she, she thought he was going to come all the way to Eureka. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he just like tried to lead her on a lot, but Eureka's fucking far as fuck. It's okay. far. Yeah, he's not coming. So, On May 28th, Jody's grandparents' house where she was staying gets robbed and they stole a DVD player, 
$30 and a 25 caliber gun. Travis is scheduled also to go on a Cancun trip the second week in June for work that he had originally asked Jody to go on with him. And when she left in April, he scheduled it to go with his friend Mimi Hall instead. He was actually interested in Mimi, but Mimi was not interested in him. She disliked him as a friend. And I think that Jody knew that she was replaced by another nicer, more oh, no. wholesome. We don't appreciate Mimi. that at all. When you have a trip planned with us, you cancel it, but you do not take another boo. I know. We don't like that. So Jody hacks into Travis's Facebook account, which she oh. actually has done before. But mm-hmm. this time it really pissed Travis off. How did he know she did it? Because he was on it at the time and it like kicked him off. Oh, snap. Yeah. So he sent her a real mean text message like, leave me the fuck alone. I hate you. Mm -hmm. And on June 2nd, Jody decides to go on a trip to Arizona. So she rents a car from Budget Rental Car. And she makes the thousand mile journey, stopping at her boyfriend's or her old boyfriend's house, Daryl. Remember Daryl from the beginning? Mm -hmm. She gets a couple gas cans to take in the car with her, I guess, in case she ran out of gas. Weird. Which is really weird because there's lots of gas stations on the way from California to Arizona. Mm -hmm. But whatever. Um, And she makes it to Mesa at 4 a.m. June 4th. And after a lot of phone calls with Travis. So they had called each other lots of times on that drive. So I'm pretty sure he knew that she was coming. Yeah. And he was probably looking forward to the sex session that they have not had for a while. Right. Right. So they go to bed at. 4 a.m. and they wake up later, like one o'clock. Okay. And upon waking up, they have like a raunchy sex session that they took lots of photos of. Okay. So there's a camera involved and they're taking like sex pictures. Have you ever done that? Like a camera camera, not like a phone camera camera? Camera camera. So this is 2008. I don't think our our phone. I think we had digital cameras still. We had digital cameras. Our phone cameras weren't that good yet. Mm -hmm. When I've been watching Survivor, they give them these like sprint phones that take video and photos because I'm watching the old ones from like 2009. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not, the cameras are not good. Mm-hmm. So they have this like, you know, digital with the little memory card and all, all that. So it looks like at 530, Jody's snapping pictures of Travis in the shower. But by 532, Jody actually snapped and oh. began to slaughter Travis. With what? A knife. Jody would somehow stab Travis 27 times, 
slit his neck from ear to ear and shoot him once in the head with a twenty-five caliber gun. Well, did she shoot him first and then stab him? Well, that's still up in the air. So they think she stabbed him first because the look of the crime scene is like there's fucking blood everywhere. There is blood in the hallway. There's blood everywhere. Like he was trying to get away to save his life. And she was going in a rage and he's, you know, wet out of the shower. He's naked. But she says that she shot him first. So I don't know. They also in the report, it doesn't say that the gunshot wound is the is the wound that killed him. It just it's kind of unknown. So somehow she drags his lifeless body back into the shower and runs water over him, cleans up a little bit, and then throws the sheets and some things in his washer and the digital camera and then leaves his dead body in his room. So Travis fails to show up to church, misses work call and is MIA obviously because Jody had just killed him. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until June 9th when Mimi, the girl that he's supposed to go to Cancun with the next day stops by his house to say like, what the heck, where are you? Yeah. And he lives in a large house where he stayed in the master, like he owned the house and then he rented it to a a couple other guys and they all kind of just came and went. So they didn't even think anything when they hadn't seen Travis for a couple days. And they actually thought that he had already gone to Mexico and Mimi's like, no, I'm supposed to go with them. He's not in Mexico. So his roommate goes to his room and that's when he sees like the travesty. Ah, so he runs back to Mimi and he's like, you got to call 911. He's dead. And so she calls 911 and the detectives get there and it's an utter mess. I mean, there is blood everywhere on the mirror hallway. They find the sheets in the washing machine with the camera. And guess what? Did not get washed away. That digital memory card, you know, you can wash those and they still have photos on them. So you could say that was the smoking gun. So all Travis's friends basically pointed the finger right away to his psycho ex-girlfriend. Totally. Jody. She's crazy. They all knew it. So it didn't take long for them to find Jody. She was actually back at home in Eureka. Jody didn't actually go straight home from Travis's house. She went to another old boyfriend's house in Utah for the night after killing Travis. Uh, she then returned her rental car and she'd actually driven over 3000 miles. So I don't know where the other thousand miles, like a thousand to get there, a thousand back. I think she was just probably driving all over the place. Jody's informed of Travis's death and she is like acting like the sad ex-girlfriend you know she makes a montage on Facebook of the love of her life and you know how they do that shit yeah these murderers they act like they're not police call Jody in for questioning on June 17th and she denies even being in Arizona anytime after April 8th she's like I I wasn't there I don't know what you're talking about but 
They obviously have pictures of them together. And they also have a picture that Jody accidentally took of Travis bleeding and lying on the floor of the shower. There were some photos that I think she kind of like probably in like the rage or I don't know. She had taken like a bunch of pictures and had deleted them off the camera. But I guess those are also recoverable. So they found them. Mm-hmm. So on this June 17th interview, Jody gives her DNA, her fingerprints at the station, and she leaves. Then on June 19th, they question her again about her relationship with Travis. And she's, you know, I'll talk, but she says it was, you know, she wasn't even there. Then on June 21st, which is my wedding day. My actual yes, wedding day. it is. Yeah. Travis is buried, which is sad. And Jody actually misses the funeral because she got a flat tire on the way. Well, that's a little bit of karma. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty happy because, you know, his family's there. It's like a real sacred day. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I don't want the murder of anybody that I know to be standing there at the funeral. I don't even want her there even as the booty call. Like, haven't we all seen some kind of situation where like the booty call takes all the like, oh, blah, 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 and makes more out of the relationship than it was? Yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 no. So she doesn't miss the memorial on June 26, Mm. which happens to be the same day that the DNA came back from the blood samples at the crime scene. The oh. investigators actually cut a piece of the wall out that had a bloody palm print on it. And there was Jody's DNA mixed with Travis's blood. So on July 9th, that is actually Jody's birthday. She was indicted by the grand jury. And on the 15th, they pulled Jody into another interrogation room because they're going to arrest her ass. And this is where she starts acting bizarre. Remember the Shayna Huber case where she murdered her boyfriend and went all crazy? Well, Jody starts doing that too. And she does it about 30 seconds after they tell her that it's over. Like, they're like, we have your DNA, girlfriend. She's like, but couldn't it just be from a palm print that I had there before? And they were like, no, you're going to jail. And they walk out and she starts singing and doing headstands and looking through the trash and doing weird backbends and talking to herself. I mean, she's acting real bizarre, but I want to say I'd probably act real bizarre too. (laughs) Like I'm going to go away for life. She says that at one point she says to herself that she wishes that she would have put makeup on and She gives a little smile in the mugshot, which Nancy Grace had a real problem with. Maybe I'm a little crazy myself or vain, but I don't want an ugly mugshot either. So, oh no, I already have my mugshot look planned out. Oh, you do? What is it? Just serious. Serious. You don't want one of those, like, you don't want a frumpy face, like a, or, you know, like where they look like kind of days. You know, you don't want to look like, less than sober but you yeah. don't want to smile because that looks smug you yeah you just want eyes wide open straight 
<laughs> mugshot. All right. Well, I'm hoping I never have to take a mugshot, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, I would not want an ugly one either. And I don't think Jody did. Mm-mm. So from here, Jody has lots of crazy stories. First, she wasn't there at all. You know, that was her first story. Then in September, she was there and there were two intruders that came in and killed Travis and spared her life after she begged and pleaded. She goes on 48 Hours, an inside edition, to talk about the intruders. And oh, she got out on bail after they charged her? I think they probably did it inside prison. Oh, okay. I mean, she's a real piece of work, this Jody. Okay, okay, yeah. One year later, Jody would change her defense again to self-defense, claiming that she was abused by Travis, and that is why she killed him. She said that he got real angry with her when she dropped the camera and she had to kill him. Um, and this is the defense that Jody would stick with through her trial. Well, that's bullshit. That's kind of like that Shanna Huber thing, too, yeah. where then all of a sudden they cry abuse. And it's like, if we have all the text messages and exchanges with all this time, it's going to be in there. Yeah, no, no, nope, she wasn't abused. Her trial didn't actually begin until January of 2013. Um, You know, that was when we had the babies in our belly. Mm -hmm. We actually just found out. Remember, Gretchen? Yeah, we found out a week. We found out a week apart. We did. And we couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. And it was in January, I think, that we found out. Tabitha called me and told me she was pregnant. And I told her she was so stupid. Yeah, and then Gretchen had to call me like seven days later and tell me she was seven pregnant. Seven days later and tell her I found out <laughs> I was pregnant. I couldn't believe it. Uh, oh, talk about karma. I know, totally. <laughs> so Jody shows up to trial not looking like the sex pot that she used to, by the way. Oh, no? Oh, no. She looks like a school marm. She has long, dark hair, straight glasses the real nerdy look oh yeah i remember the glasses and everything listen that's too extra i i would say so too so she even like pulls her hair up like just like a little girl where you would like kind of pull it up like just a little bit by your bangs and then have like a little side ponytail going on oh no 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 that's trying too hard you want to look conservative but not like you're trying too hard yeah, well, she looks like she's trying to be this innocent little schoolgirl. Prosecution would make their case that Jody was psycho jealous ex girlfriend that could not take Travis not wanting her for a wife and dating others, and she went off the rails. She staged the burglary at her grandparents' house, stole the gun, and planned to kill Travis. And I pretty much agree. Yeah, sounds about right. Jody actually took the stand in her own defense. Ooh. In which the jury was able to ask her questions while she was on the stand, which is fucking bananas. That is bananas. But, you know, it doesn't surprise me about this chick because she gives the any sm- person with a brain is like, I'll take a lawyer and shuts up. They don't go on 48 hours or Dateline or like whatever. Yeah, right. Or testify in your own defense. She's an attention whore. She is an attention whore. I know. So she was up on the stand for 18 days, Gretchy. 18 days? Yeah. 
which is unheard of. Okay. Whoa. Her defense actually lasted 38 days. And oh Daryl, the ex-boyfriend, thought he was going to be called, I think, at that time to testify in her defense because he was like, yeah, she's pretty normal. No way. They didn't pull him up. Yeah. Oh, I would think that Daryl would be like, man, I dodged a bullet. Well, I'm sure, nuts. I'm sure he thinks that, but he was probably trying to help her out. I think he did maintain a, a friendship with her to some degree. I mean, he just she just had stopped at his house, you know? Yeah. So Jody maintained her strategy of being the victim and even claimed that she was a victim of abuse growing up. She claims that her mother and father beat her after she was seven years old. She claims, you know, Casey mom, Anthony did that same shit too. They always do that. It's the same roller coaster over and over. Yeah. She claims her mom kept a wooden spoon in her purse to beat her. And listen, have you ever gotten hit with a wooden spoon, Gretchy? I sure have. I yeah. sure have. Me too. And I'm not about to kill anybody. Okay. No, me neither. Not going to kill anybody. Unless they don't watch their fucking smoothie cups. <laughs> then in 20 years, maybe. I might. <laughs> so her mom actually quit her job to be at the trial every single day to support her daughter. So I can only imagine how she felt when her daughter's trying to throw her under the bus. Oh, she's pissed. I mean, I would be. Yeah. So on May 8th, Jody was found guilty of first degree murder. And now that same jury was able to decide if she could get the death penalty. Um, and then on May 21st, they decided that she was eligible for the death penalty. Okay. Which now we're at May 21st, which is also so crazy because that's like in a couple days and seven years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. The victim impact statements come. This is a whole nother trial for the jury to decide her fate. Yeah. The jury couldn't do it. They can't come to a unanimous decision to put Jody to death. It was an eight to four um, decision and the judge declared a mistrial for that portion of the trial. Okay. Now I cannot even imagine being put in to that position to put somebody to death. And I don't think that civilians should have that much power. In my personal opinion, like what gives us the credibility to make a decision like that? I mean, a judge to me has expertise, right? They've been doing this for years, but Mary from the supermarket and Joe Blow Gardner, man, how are they to determine that you need to like be put to death? I don't think under personally under my, if I was on the jury, I don't think, I mean, lock her up throw away the key, but I don't think I would sentence her to death. For me personally, I don't completely, I don't disagree with the death penalty. I I disagree with it in California because we can't get shit to work and fuck you, Newsom. Okay. But, um, we can't make anything work. So it's not effective here, but if you're a pedophile, yeah, you kill a child. I'm okay okay. with death. Me too. I would not have a problem with that at all. And I would hope a judge also wouldn't have a problem with that. But I think putting a judge into that position is better than putting 
me in that position to make that kind of call. I think that that maybe needs to be somebody that has a little more experience in what makes the right candidate up for death penalty. Okay. Yeah. So they have a second retrial for the sentencing that happened in 2015. I mean, this is like getting so long, isn't it? It's like now we're from 2008 to 2015. And the jury again was deadlocked at 11 to one in favor of the death penalty. So 11 people said that she should be put to death, which is crazy to me. And then this time the judge denies the mistrial and he's allowed to either sentence Jody to life in prison with uh, the possibility of parole in 25 years or life in prison without parole. And of course he sentences her to life in prison without parole, which is where Jody is now. So let me tell you quick facts really quick. Okay. During the second trial, a couple of new facts came out. Jody had actually said in her original trial that Travis liked pornography and was interested in younger, maybe like childlike porn, which in her original trial, they said that that was absolutely false and there was no evidence on his computer of any porn. But during the second trial, that actually isn't true. They did find some deleted files of that to be true. Okay. Yeah. Well, I find that kind of irrelevant because uh, first of all, that is gross and disgusting, but that, that doesn't, it still doesn't, it's not an excuse for her to kill him. 150,000%. And he's clearly not acting on it. He's with Jody. Jody's 27. She's legal AF. So if he's looking at some, you know, barely legal stuff, I don't, that's, I don't like it, but. Right. I just want to throw that out there because that did happen. So, you know, when they get to ask for plead their case or whatever to the judge, she actually asked for the death penalty. She asked to be free. And she said, if she was put to death, she thinks she would be free. She says she's sorry about what happened. Um, but then she also makes some digs about Travis's family. And she's kind of all over the place, you know. So any, anyway, she says she can't even believe that she did this. She's truly disgusted with herself. And she says, I'm repulsed with myself. I'm horrified because of what I did. And I wish there was some way I could take it back. And yeah. I'm sure she does. Yeah, I'm sure she does. So that is the case of Jody Arias. I think when they're kind of all over the place, though, and especially, you know, with the, you know, trying to badmouth him, it's like, yeah, I believe you know that what you're supposed to say is you're sorry, but I think mostly you're just sorry you got caught. I know. I mean, she really snapped. Like. Big time. I still am like, I think it was such an intriguing case because how did she overpower this guy? Oh, and this is what she says in that statement at the end to the judge too. She says that she, she says that she shot him first. 
She says, I didn't stab him first. I shot him first. I don't know how the blood gets everywhere. I mean, I guess if you are shot, you sometimes you don't just like. Die. Die. It just seems so weird. Like, wouldn't you, if you had a gun, wouldn't you just keep shooting until they're like not moving? It wouldn't be like, oh, you're still moving. Let me go switch out to a knife. Like, that seems really bizarre to me. But isn't it bizarre that she did both? I mean, it's like she went psycho killer. Like It kind of makes me think, like, she didn't just snap. Like, maybe she had some kind of visual she wanted to, like, enact. Oh, you think so? Oh, I think she's real cray. Yeah, I mean, it was really awful the way that she did it. So... It wasn't just one time thing. And then she's like, oh, shoot, what did I just do? So, yeah, that's bananas. And it's really unfortunate that it happened. And he seemed like a pretty good guy. I feel like he would have been, he probably would have had a great marriage and relationship and and been able to use that desire that he had in a normal functioning relationship. It was, you know, people do that all the time. Yeah. He needed not a Mimi, just like a normal chick. Yeah. 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 Too bad. So sad. We'll never know. No, we'll never know. Or, you know, he also could have just like gotten married and then like cheated on his wife. Well, he might have done that. I think a lot of guys do that. I think a lot of guys do that. They like, they want their wives to be kind of like, you know, what is it? It's like the Madonna complex, like kind of virginal. And then they have like their whore on the side. Yeah. I think there's uh, a freak in the, something like. Freak in the sheets. I know what you're thinking. Something like, um, something on the street and a freak in the sheets. Yeah. There's some sort of term sure you guys are all yelling it in your car or I know, I'm sorry I'm still right sorry now. about the excedrin we're having like um <laughs> you know crazy 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 time moments right now. my kids in my in here right now so I'm trying oh, to my be very too. PC mm-hmm. uh what I'm saying oh okay that's why I said his desires mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh okay Anyhow, let me read you some reviews that we got this week Gretchen oh boy oh boy your day. All right, all right. Uh, Lulu. Yeah. Lulu says, clink, clink. Thank you, girls, for the laughs. I've been binging the podcast and helping with the quarantine blues. Yeah. Thanks, Lulu. I love that name. I know I do, too. Brian Czar. It's C-Z-A-R. Is it just Czar? Brian Czar. He says, you ladies rock. That's so nice. R.M. Clark says, you're my faves. RM says, don't listen to those people that don't like your banter before you get to the story. It's so nice to hear other moms talk about their lives and what's going on. Well, thanks so much. Mazel. Thank you. Sierra Chanel. I love that name. Um, She's a Midwest transplant in the OC. She lives in the OC, girlfriend. Could be her friend. Maybe. Yeah, she doesn't. She says she's been listening to us since we were crime carpools and cocktails. And she oh, just well, um, she says, apologize for not writing a review sooner. That's all oh, right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I love friends in the OC. I know. Susie from Valencia. 
That's not mm-hmm. far from me. Not far at all. So fun and entertaining. We're a real hoot. And Emily from Georgia. And she says, Jor, and then Ja. Thanks. Um, she I listens love that to name Panic too. Party too. No, her name is Emily, awesome. but she's from Georgia. Oh, she's from Georgia. But okay. we do love the name Georgia also. I do. All right, I think that's all for today, Gretchy. I don't have to tell anyone to eat a dick. No. They were all good. That's who, awesome. Who was all good? Oh, our reviews? The reviews. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking, like, who are we going to tell that to? No, they were all good, Gretchen. We didn't get any bad ones. Are you so happy? Solid. Okay. You're, you're doing really well. Even oh, with the screaming background and the lawnmower in the background and the dogs oh, barking yeah. and the Sorry. kids yelling. Yeah. <laughs> so clink, clink. Okay, clink, clink. <laughs>